Welcome to Drinks World, where we celebrate and connect entrepreneurs in the beverage industry in South Africa. Rob Haynes is back with us for this episode, and it's always fun to chat to Rob because his approach to business is so different. He sees opportunities that no one else sees, and then he comes up with really amazing concepts and products. My name is Holger Meyer, and this is Drinks World. So Rob, you sent me a WhatsApp this morning with some interesting news. Um, yes. What are you up to? Um, I mean, it's a few things. We Obviously, I much like yourself, I, I continue to love playing in the drinks and beverage industry. And there's always lots of cool things going on. Um, I think in the past, we focused a lot, uh, probably in it's cool. There's three three themes that are coming through here. The one is digital or direct to consumer, mm-hmm. um, and we found ourselves this year actually being requested to do consulting work for people both locally and abroad, uh, helping them with their DTC or their direct to consumer strategy. So as opposed to going through a retailer or through an e-commerce retailer, helping brands speak directly to their consumers. And so Nike would be a global example of having done a great job of that. And so I think because of our background with uh, League of Beers and some of the early stuff with Sugarbird and Yavi Chef, uh, people have come to us to ask to help with that. So we, we've been finding that that's a, there's a big demand for a big need for people to speak directly to their, their fans. Uh, and it's got us thinking around that, like, should we not be doing that ourselves? So let's call it, there's the digital thread that's been coming through. Um, the other thread is um, curations. Um, and I mean, straight from the, the bat with League of Beers, it was always about putting together different curations of beers to help people explore different beers. Uh, and then that, that also builds onto a kind of a gifting element. And what, what we've launched with the, the beverage club, um, Coza, uh, is, is kind of all of those things together. So it's a way of directly bringing to let's call it fans uh, and consumers, uh, the, the, the stuff that we produce. So I think in a, in a previous life, we focused a lot on how do we solve problems for retailers from a gifting point of view, uh, where the beverage club is, it's kind of taking consumers on a drinks exploration. So it's it's a little bit of, it's almost League of Beers 2.0. When we bought back League of Beers from Yappy Chef, it was it was flying on Yappy Chef, but also there was liquor bans and then beer was on, beer was off. It became a difficult thing for them to manage. And obviously it was originally our passion project. So we thought, okay, cool. If we're going to take on League of Beers, how do we take League of Beers a step further and focus on um, just giving consumers a direct um, tasting exploration? So a bit like League of Beers, but building it out into um, into wine and into spirits and into ready to drinks and obviously gin being a big part of the spirits. So that's that's the direction of the beverage club. It's it's all all premium and crafted drinks, but it's not a bottle store. We're not looking to stock uh, a thousand bottles of gin or, or 99 bottles of beer or anything of the like. It's far more about uh, the exploration and finding stuff that helps you explore and try different things. Um, and in so doing, getting you to maybe go not far out of your comfort zone, but slightly out of your comfort zone in exploring and experiencing new beverages and different beverages. So I hope that explains it. It, it does explain it very nicely. Um, and I'm, I'm just thinking, 
is that not also what you did at the League of Beers or at Yuppie Chef eventually when brands came to you for a solution to to launch, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a little, it does become quite a bit of that. I, I think the, uh, the, let's call it the driving force uh, with a lot of League of Beers and with what we do at Yuppie Chef was almost looking more at the supplier and the brands and the brewers and distillers and thinking about how we could translate what they're doing to the consumer, whereas it's a subtle nuance of the driving force for the beverage club is what is the consumer looking for and what does the consumer want? Um, Can we try and provide that for them? And obviously we will work closely with the brands and profile the brands and bring the different distillers and brewers and winemakers into the mix and show them to the consumer. But it's like priority one is, can we find what it is that the consumer is looking for and give them things that maybe they don't know they're looking for yet and kind of just give them this ongoing experience. And so like, um, whereas with League of Beers, it became very driven behind how do we bring these beers across to these consumers? And so it's not that it's not that, but I'd say let's call it that that objective of League of Beers is almost priority two of the beverage club, whereas priority one of the beverage club is to try and tickle the fancy of the consumer. Mm-hmm. And and so like a, a bit like with League of Beers, there was subscriptions, and we'll do subscriptions and stuff. But I think finding newness, finding unusual combinations, and and limited releases is a lot of where we will be focusing our energy. So, for instance, the the beverage selection that you see on the Beverage Club right now uh, will change. So what you see now there, I think we've got about six different products currently on there those six products, it won't be the same six products in January and it'll be look quite different in March. And we want to just try and keep it interesting the whole time. So very, very far away, although it's alcohol and it's online, it's very far away from like your stock standard, what you get from a bottle store. This is a lot more about kind of, as I say, tickling your fancy, enticing customers to try different things. And and obviously there's a big gifting element to that. So the, the packaging is important and make it look pretty, making the unboxing an experience, but it's sort of like it's a the gift you would buy for yourself because that's a likely gift you would buy for somebody else. Yeah, and it it, it all all does look a very enticing, and the website is, is very slick. Um, when let's Thank talk, you. let's talk about curation um, for the last ten or so years. I mean, there's been a lot of bottle stores that asked for curated beers. And you've tried to do that. Is that does that work, or is it is it a challenge? Curation is a monstrous challenge. <laughs> yeah, uh, curation is always difficult because it's a little bit like you're working with passionate producers. Yeah. You're not working necessarily with Distel and Diageo and and Sad Miller, and so obviously they they're all very difficult to work with, but their process and is all very um, meticulous, right? So it, although it's difficult to start working with them, once you work with them, you, you, you know what you're getting. When you're working with craft producers and passion producers, uh, it's about product first and about making the best possible product. Uh, it's not necessarily about having the most predictable operational system. So when, when, when doing this kind of curation, there's a degree of a large degree of herding cats, um, but I think it's worth it because the end result is you get really cool curations and mixes and selections for the end consumer. So it's like a strange, <laughs> it's a strange mantle that I've taken on for the last like 
I don't know, 10, 11 years, 12 years of my life of, of trying to bring together different people in the industry mm. and trying to bring collaborations together for the sake of the consumer's curation. And it, it is a, it is definitely, it's definitely hard work, but I think the end results, I think they speak for themselves. Yeah. And since we've last spoken, when you launched or relaunched the League of Beers, what has the response been in places, in retail partners without naming names? Um, pretty positive. So that, that was, so we, we, we bought League of Beers at the end of last year, but last year we were focused on on mood, which didn't go very well for us. I think the timing of that was wrong. I mean, we, we've got a, a bunch of lessons out of what didn't work out of the mood launch. But, and so League of Beers was on a bit of a back burner when the liquor ban came. And so mm. we gave a small go at League of Beers in the middle of the year. So we relaunched League of Beers in partnership with Norman Goodfellas. That was for Father's Day. For Father's yeah. Day, yes. And it did very well. But then, of course, there was a liquor ban, uh, like just before Father's Day. So that oh. obviously made it difficult. Um, but luckily, it wasn't It wasn't huge numbers. And then we, we did a, we've done a best 12 our favorite 12 of South African beers for November, December for this year's festive season. And we, we gave a certain amount to Norman Goodfellas and we, le we left a certain amount on the beverage club. And so we only, we made a thousand boxes only. Uh, and we kind of split it between us and them. And the, the response seems very positive. I mean, since, since we launched League of Beers many years ago, there's a lot of different competition and other offerings that's come along. So we sort of, we just wanted to softly kind of put out something similar to what we did in the past. Really great beers from around South Africa. Um, thought out curation, very nice with a nice looking box. But even so, there, there's been very positive response to it. But I do feel there's a, a bit of a need for an evolution. So we want to see how we can kind of update that product to get more in line with where consumer needs are right now. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it's been very positive with the retailers and, I, and I, I've seen the kind of the relaunch of League of Beers as a kind of a, a team aspect between us and some of the retailers. Yeah. I mean, it's similar thing. I mean, the, the two retailers that we, we worked with, that we've worked with the closest this year, we've done some stuff with Woolworths, which will only be coming on in next year, but we worked very, very closely with Yappy Chef and with Norman Goodfellas and everything we've created um, between us, them and the beverage club has all been with the kind of the, the perspective of, uh, how can we best give South African consumers what they want? And how can we best give Norman Goodfellas South African consumers what they want? How can we best give Yappy Chef South African consumers what they want? And how can we do something, it's something slightly different for the beverage club? So the offerings between, there's a difference between what Yappy Chef has, what Norman Goodfellas have, and what beverage club have. And all of these things are with the eye to who is the likely consumer uh, of that particular channel. Because they've all everyone's got kind of different databases and different value propositions but i mean like it's like i was saying in the beginning for beverage club whether it be beverage club or what we do in space between there's this this kind of this this continue taking us to the starting point of what do we think that the customer most wants or that the customer doesn't yet know they want and how can we try and put that together certainly the league of beer um, mixed cases you always said your biggest market was in Gauteng or in Santon is is that still the case and how do you get the sales distribution from somebody like Norman Goodfellas can you see what it looks like in Cape Town or Durban or or Joburg I mean it's 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 a very obvious spread the way these things tend to go in South Africa I mean I think with League of Beers it was like it was particularly skewed 
So, so I mean, your, your general spread in South Africa is it's always going to be uh, majority Gauteng, then Western Cape, then KZN, then Eastern Cape, and then kind of the rest. Like it's always, you, you, if you're doing a national spread of everything, anything, it always goes roughly like that. And I mean, we see that with Norman Goodfellows, but Norman Goodfellows are very Gauteng and very Santon focused. But we even see that with, with Yapi Chef, you've got a huge local following. As they've grown more and more, their business tends to come from Gauteng. So that's always a thing. I think the, the, the anomaly that you're speaking to in League of Beers is a, um, it was it was pretty crazy because for many years of League of Beers, our biggest market was Santon. <laughs> bigger yeah. than Santon was bigger than any province. Yeah. Um, so they, they're definitely at that stage. It was very big. But I mean, also it kind of it grew on itself, right? So like it, it's kind of like it's self perpetuating because what would happen is we got asked to do presentations and beer tastings and. Uh, in uh, in restaurants in that Santon uh, area, and then then there's all those big corporates just off Grayston Drive. We we, had, we would go and do big presentations for them, and so people would then subscribe from there. So it kind of it became like a self perpetuating little circle of of beer love in Santon. <laughs> well, I guess that's where where all the money is, and people that can afford it, and they probably don't have time to go shopping. Yeah, I mean, in, in, for for you and KZN and us in the Western Cape. Uh, we get very passionate about making our products, and then uh, the people in Gauteng have got the money to buy our products. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about the spirits. I see some, obviously there's gin, and then you've got a new thing here, which which looks like tequila. Yeah, um, so um, we've been doing for a good couple of years um, a gin 12 mix with Yapi Chef, and they've got uh, first dibs on that. Yeah. So we make that, we've been making that exclusively for Yappy Chef. And there's, and this year's one is, by the way, go to Yappy Chef and go have a look at that Gin 12 mix. Uh, it, it's maybe not displayed well enough. And I, like we, we maybe could do a better job of conveying it. But like there are some crackingly good uh, once-off gins inside there and exclusive gins and brand new gins and festive-themed ones. It's like it's such a freaking awesome combination. So now, that, that Gin 12 mix is exclusive to Yappy Chef, so that's the only place we'll be able to get that. So that we made in collaboration with them. Okay. Um, we, we had wanted to do Advent with Yappy Chef, but I think they've just done so well at that at that 12-pack size, so they decided to stick with that. Um, so Norman Goodfellows decided to go with the Advent, the full 24 of gin, and we made them a Gin 24 mix. So that's also... It's, it's a great mix, and it's the best price 24 mix advent gin calendar. I mean, it's one of the – let's call it – I think it's the second uh, gin advent calendar that's ever been produced in South Africa with those type of minis. I mean, there is a – I think through Wine of the Month Club you get one, but it's at a very high price point. Mm-hmm. And we'd originally done one for pick and pay, so this would be the, the, the second big one that pulls together all the brands. Mm. Um, but it's at a really good price point at five ninety nine dollars Norman Goodfellas. So they've got that um, – that Gen 24 Advent. And you'll see neither of those are on our site because they're exclusive to them. Okay. On the But on the beverage club itself, kind of the, the new things we've explored, um, I mean, I'll take you through quickly. There's six products. I'll mm. give each one a little bit of a story. Um, the, there's on the, I'm looking on the one side, the mixed spirit tasting box. Um, I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, South Africans, the world loves gin and gin Advent is like becoming a worldwide phenomenon. But like, we're making, we've got really good spirit producers in South Africa. I mean, we've got really good winemakers. We've got really good beer makers. We've got really good gin makers. But we've also got really good distillers. And I think, uh, like, broad-spectrum spirit distillers. 
And I don't think South Africans realize that. Um, so the goal with the mixed spirit tasting boxes, let's, let's, in the same way we've displayed beer and gin and wine and these things in the past, let's do that for mixed spirits. And so we made a mixed spirit 24. That is available, Yappy Chef and Norm Goodfellows, but that's available on our site, the Beverage Club. Uh, and we did it. It's all little tiny tot size ones, so we're able to get it at a, at a 5.99 price point. So mm-hmm. it sounds very salesy, but the idea is like uh, South African consumers don't have deep pockets necessarily. So it's always about trying to get the best possible product, trying to pay the supply as well as you can, but also trying to make sure the customer is getting the best possible price, so that more people buy it and therefore more people try it and more people taste it with their friends. And so, for instance, we did a tasting with the band Good Luck last night. Um, and we gave them this mixed spirit box and we filmed their tasting and, and their kind of response to it. And pretty much everyone they tasted, except for like one or two that they knew, like Leonista, for example, most of these they hadn't tried before. And every time there was this big kind of expression of like, oh, wow, I didn't think that South Africa could make this good brandy. Or well, I didn't think South Africa could make this good tequila in a garvey spirit or whiskey or whatever it may be. So that's kind of what we've gone for there. Then... Um, I'm just looking at my website that's going across now. The next one, if I go in a strange order to the left, is the League of Beers mixed case. Um, going forward, we're going to go more for six packs because we found with League of Beers over time that that's what, what the customer leaned towards because I think it's a you want a good pickup price point. Mm. But we thought for the sake of tradition and because I couldn't choose six beers, there were just too many good beers I wanted to pick between. In fact, there was probably another 24 that I wanted to include in this mix. We wanted to try and put it together a mix of beers that I really like and that I think the consumers really like, but we needed to have beers in there that your dad would like and your uncle would like and your aunt would like. So it's got to be that kind of a broad appeal. Uh, and we thought 12 would be a good thing to go for, especially that it's got a last year of November and December potentially, or even the whole of December. So we went for a 12-pack League of Beers mix case with the full tasting notes written by Carl from Beer Country and, uh, as I say, a nice mix of different beers in there. Sorry about my calendar thing that just came through. Um, then the tequila uh, in South Africa, we, we call it after the plant, the agave plant or agave spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, much like champagne, uh, you can only call something tequila if it's made in tequila. Um, the name of the province is blanking on me now, but it's got to be made in Mexico. Even mezcal is got to be made in, is, can only be called mezcal if it's made in Mexico. But apparently, South Africa was the first country outside of Mexico to farm and grow the blue agave plant and use it for distilling into spirits, which these spirits is obviously, it's a, it's agave spirit is a tequila. It's just not called a tequila, but in much the same way with the mixed spirit tasting box, there's one, there's an obvious world trend towards tequila. Um, but also like we believe that South Africa and the, and the Karoo is able to grow really good quality agave and we're distilling some really great, great quality agave spirit. Uh, and so we didn't have 50 to choose between. Um, so we made a small little pack of agave five uh, because it's still a small and blossoming and growing industry. Uh, and also we wanted the, the pickup price point not to be too high. So we want people to try and taste this and just realize just how quaffable and how sippable um, some of the tequilas or agave spirits are that we make it in South Africa. And believe me, you're very... So many people who are not yet aware of this big tequila trend see tequila as this kind of like thing that you drink to start the party and get drunk and your eyes squint and it's like this very painful thing. Uh, 
I guarantee you when you taste these agave spirits, they will, they, they've got all the party, um, but none of the, none of the sore face, squinty face stuff. This stuff is really sip over the rocks kind of stuff, much like a good scotch. The Afrikaans word for it is traftop. It's glatnie straftop. Yeah, it's a quaffable sipper. Um, okay. It's a bit like a lot of our gins went in the direction of trying to make their gins sippable. Yeah. And a lot of these, uh, these, these agave spirits, I use agave and tequila interchangeably and I'm technically not allowed to. Um, but uh, so the, these agave spirits are, are very, very quaffable, very sippable. Okay. I mean, they've still got those distinctive spicy, citrusy, uh, warm tequila-like flavors, but in a way that you can actually sip, it doesn't give you the, the squinty face. Mm. The, or, the great taste without the squinty face. Um, and, but yeah, I, th I think there's a big belief that tequila is going to take over the world. And, uh, and we've got some great stuff in South Africa, much like with how gin became popular throughout the world. We, we needed people to know that South Africa is making great gin. Like, just watch the space. Our agave spirit is fantastic. Mm. Um, then the the other product, another product we've got is the three-pack mystery gin box. Uh, it's the one that says feeling lucky. Now, um, the idea is potentially to make a subscription type of thing with that. But what we what we want to do is at the moment, it's just because we've made all these Advent products, we've got a whole lot of leftover, really, really great little gin minis. Um, and so we put it together in a very nice little gift box, but it's randomized at this point in time. So you know you're going to get three freaking fantastic gins. You just don't know what they're going to be. So it's a little bit of a surprise, bit of a small Christmas gift stocking filler. Um, but I think down the line, we're going to turn that more into profiling certain styles of gin or certain brands with tasting notes and all those kind of things. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So, I mean, currently all our Advent type of products like the, the Garvey 5 and the Mixed Spirit and NGF's uh, Advent 24 and Yapishev's Drin 12, they've got tasting notes inside of the door. So you can go through this kind of like, uh, I mean, I, I remember the first time I opened one of these products that we'd made ourselves. You open door number one and there's a little thing to taste and you have a little taster and you're like, oh, this tastes very nice. And then you can learn a little bit about it as well, which is very geeky and very nerdy, but makes makes it more fun. And it also, it gives you something to go talk to to someone about when you go to a party. You're like, oh yes, I've just tried a, the Anistas Blanco, and did you know this and that, and so on. Yeah. Uh, and so we want to go down that direction with the, the what what is now the mystery test, the mystery gin box, the three pack. For Christmas, it's a it's a surprise, but going forward, it'll be more of a kind of a planned um, tasting notes type of thing. And that's really just a little bit bigger than uh, than a matchbox. <laughs> it looks like a matchbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit bigger than a matchbox. I mean, I'd say <laughs> it's probably four matchboxes. But uh, it is a small little, cute little offering, uh, a stocking filler. Um, then uh, we've got Mood Gin Crackers. Now, when we launched Mood last year, we experimented with a new type of packaging, uh, which didn't work for the product. Uh, and we experimented with a style of gin that would be able to pair with sparkling water or soda. Um, that didn't work. Like we've got, a, we've got a following of people that love that but it didn't achieve broad appeal. So we've kind of gone back to the drawing board with Mood and we've made uh, that, we call that Mood Premium. This is Mood Craft. So we've made Mood Crackers. It's three for 149 or you, there's, there's a buy two, get one free special currently for Black Friday. But the idea with the Mood Crackers is we made, we, we took the, the original Mood recipe, we took away the ability to pair with soda. We've just made them like a craft gin. So we've got like a classic citrus gin, a pink floral gin, 
and honeybush ambergen, and they come in these very bright, colorful crackers. Uh, I mean, like, why do you want, like, this big, bulky cracker that sometimes cracks, sometimes doesn't, tells you a silly joke and gives you a silly toy? Like, if people open a cracker and get a little mini bottle of gin and it's in a bright, colorful packaging, I just feel like that's going to be made for a much better Christmas. Um, and then the, the last thing that we've got, uh, and this is this, all of this is available for December, uh, the mix will change again in January and will change in February and so on. But the last thing we've got offering right now is the Tiny Keg Craft Beer Box. Um, now, the guys from Tiny Keg last year um, had six special beers brewed uh, with six different partner brewers, uh, six different collaborations, and they curated it into this awesome box, and, and it's each, they've each been specially labeled in a kind of a paint-by-numbers type of cool color mix. Um, and they've, this year they've done an update uh, with starting from beer number seven all the way to beer number 12. So obviously each year there'll be a further progression. Um, and although I played a, a big part in forming League of Beers, and although this product is right up my alley, I had nothing to do with the creation of this product. This is very much driven by Murray Slater, ex-beer house. Um, and... Let's call it Murray Slater. Wants to just be called Murray Slater, but he's known for that. He also did fermented, but he's he, this is kind of a passion project of his, which is right up my alley with League of Beers, and I think it's a bit of the evolution of where League of Beers is going. But this, these six beers together, I, I got my complimentary box the other day, and I will be buying at least ten more boxes. Maybe half of those I will share. But like, it is such a good selection. Like, Holger, you must either pop Murray a reminder that you wouldn't mind one, or just go buy it. It is, it is like you will love every single beer. It is, it's, and that is extremely difficult to get right to the curation that your customer will love every single product. You almost never get that right because you can't please everybody all the time. Some people like this, some people like that. Um, but if you are interested in craft beer and craft beer exploration, get that box, definitely. Yeah. If you're interested in a mix of craft beer, edgy beers, import beers, Stuff that will appear to the beer geek, but stuff that will appear to your appeal to your uncle, stuff you can share with your mates. That's the League of Beers mixed case for this December. But if there's the craft beer nerd in your circle that you want to keep happy, it's the Tiny Keg Craft Beer Box. Well, uh, Rob, I think you're allowed to do a review that uh, your, your product needs a review on the website. So, yes, I think, I, I, do I think you qualify to do a review. Not, not call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. That's a good point. I do qualify. I'm an actual. I'm a, I'm a gift recipient and a customer. And if Murray sends me a, a box, I'll also post a review. Yes, I'll share this podcast with him because I'm sure he'll enjoy the mentions and maybe he'll get your Christmas box. Um, there is one other cool thing that we've done recently is um, we've worked in collaboration with Yappie Chef. Um, they've had this brand called Jimmy Public for a good couple of years. And Jimmy Public, uh, interestingly enough, is a brand that's focused on curation. So if Jimmy were a real person, I reckon we'd be good mates. Um, and the guys at Yappy Chef, there's a, there's a new head of buying who kind of pioneered this, um, which is something that while I was with Yappy Chef, we spoke about for years, but <laughs> just never actually got, got around to. But this, this Jimmy Public brand, they've now developed a very unique gin and an alcohol-free gin. Uh, this is obviously not available on the Beverage Club, only available on Yappy Chef, but it's just a, I don't, I don't know 
why I'm mentioning all these different things, but I've just, I suppose, I'm talking about cool, fun things we've done this year. And that was, it's now available there. And it was a really cool project to work on. And uh, we've definitely gone for kind of flavor notes that, uh, that can appeal to a broad amount, a broad amount of people, but definitely give you that, that crafted uh, something different. So we've almost tried to go somewhere between what people expect from a London drive and, uh, but that kind of that wow, citrusy lime elements that'll kind of really keep you, get you passionate about it. <laughs> so I'm just searching on their website. So the Jimmy Public Gin, is it, are you saying that's something that you created for them? Yes, well, we created it together. Okay. It was a, a definite team effort. Mm. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, so that, that would be actually cool to have that on our site, but I don't think we can. It was created exclusively for them. Yeah. But it is available in like the Mix 24 Advent and things like that. So you can get little minis of it. So definitely more reason to try those. Um, like the, the, the Mix Spirit Advent, pretty sure it has it inside. I'm just check my facts. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, and I suppose yeah, that's, that, that's been, I suppose, a big directional change for us this year is less on building our own brands and forcing product onto people and more on just trying to figure out what it is that people want. And obviously some of it comes from feedback and some of it is a kind of a stab in the dark or a guess like the Agave five was a, is a guess, but it's a, it's, I think it's a good guess because there's a big tequila trend and we make better, far better Agave spirit than people realize. So that's kind of where that's going. Yeah. And what about other categories? Uh, tiny keg is canning a lot of wine globally especially in the first world canned wine is exploding majority of the wine that tiny tiny keg is canning is going to these export markets right and much like craft beer was delayed in terms of when the trend came to south africa gin was delayed in terms of when the trend came to south africa we tend to not be the fastest as a country in terms of picking up on trends we make great stuff but we tend to be a little bit behind canned wine is definitely a world phenomenon. And, and I, I mean, South Africans have got very into box wine and that makes a ton of sense because it's very good. You can get great wine, great value for money. But the whole canned wine is really good because you can get, uh, it's, it's, it's a glass size. Um, and so people want to be able to taste a single glass or have a single glass and can just does so well for that. It, it's very portable for outdoors and picnics, but even at home I can crack open one can or I can try different ones and in, in, restaurants it's that single serve of why the can works so well and it preserves the product really well so canned wine is a big thing right in south africa there's not we're not the second consumer in general is not yet quite ready for canned wine right so but there are a lot of guys who are putting their wine into can and send it overseas so we're at this kind of like point with how do we launch a beverage club wine product um, and i'm obviously giving away where, what we're likely to launch next but how do we launch a beverage club wine product on a, on a big enough scale that you can educate people as to why canned wine is great and why you, the wine out of the can pulled into a glass can be as good, if not better, as any other wine that you drink. Um, but in a way that we're not overcommitting and buying pallet loads of wine or, or buying too little from the wine producer that it's not worth their while or buying too much that we've got too much stock. So we've got this kind of conundrum right now of how do we – how do we bring South Africa into canned wine? And that's one of the, the current goals of Beverage Club is we, we, we've, we, we're trying to do this. Beer is obvious. We, we kind of were born from the League of Beers. Gin was obvious. Spirits and tequila became the next evolution of that. But a, but a big other goal of ours is to kind of bring South Africans a lot into 
along into getting used to the idea of single serve wine or canned wine and getting them to then try lots of different local wines because South Africa, like I've been raving about South Africa's gin and beer and spirits and all these things, but like South Africa undoubtedly makes great wine and has a huge base of consumers who love great wine. So can we get them used to a different way of that product arriving in a way that's potentially more convenient and allows them to try a mix of different wines? So that's, that's currently that too. So to, to build on your question, that is what I'm trying to figure out right now. How do we work with a lot of these wine producers who want to help and want to get this canned wine thing going, but in a way that's going to work for the consumer and where the consumer is at? Well, there's a big opportunity with your new platform because I think if you have to sell the concept to a retailer first and then the retailer, it's up to the retailer to sell it, sell it to his customers, now at least you, you're building a, a direct access to, to consumers. Exactly. That's, and, and that's exactly what we found this season. So we pitched all of these types of products to different retailers and everybody liked these, this range of products. So it's versions of what you see on our site. Uh, we did exclusive versions for different retailers or just bigger runs of them. But the one thing that no retailer jumped at was the, the canned wine. So it's like, man, we've got to get that right. We've got to, if, if we can, that would be a mission of the beverage club is just to, is to get South African consumers used to actually try and canned wine. And, and that's kind of the beauty of DTC, right? So although it's not our brand, but we have this direct touch point of the consumer. So we can educate, we can get feedback as to what people like and don't like, and we can kind of go down this journey with people. Mm, I think that's a wonderful opportunity. Thank you for, for joining us again today, Rob. And consumers, Thanks, can, consumers can find you at? Thebeverageclub.co.za. Go, come, come join us. Come say how's it. When you see the all-familiar League of Beers box, then you know you're at the right place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. That was Drinks World. Thank you for joining us on this podcast today. For more information, go to drinksworld.co.za.